heels aren't the right kind. I told you cha-cha heels, black ones. Nice girls don't wear cha-cha heels. Give me those presents. I'll never wear those ugly shoes. I told you the kind I wanted. You ruined my presents. Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Dave Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Yeah. Anyway, reminded me. Yeah. There you go. Merry Christmas, Gabe. Is it? Ben's got the lights. I couldn't tell if that was the background or if that's a foreground there. No, Ben's doing Hanukkah. They're lights. Are those Hanukkah lights? Yeah, the Hanukkah, Hanukkah lights. I think Hanukkah is the well. Hanukkah is based on light. Hanukkah is like the festival of lights. I think. I like when you got the Hanukkah in there when you <sighs> just said that. Hanukkah. You know the story of Hanukkah, right? Uh, I saw that Friends episode where they tell the story of Hanukkah. Oh, do they? Yeah. With the, arm- with the armadillo. Um, I didn't. I haven't seen that episode. With the armadillo. <laughs> Hanukkah's about Jews, as usual, being locked in a, hiding out, you know, about to be slaughtered. I think they're stuck in a temple or something, and they've got enough oil uh, in their lamp to, to light the room for one night and somehow it miraculously lasts eight nights for eight days eight right. days yeah right eight uh, crazy nights yes a, a, a movie that is torturous to me but that my kids loved uh, really when they were kids and would it looks like a Don Bluth movie but it's not is it no 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 got that I style so. no it so would have been cool. it might have been fun if Ralph Bakshi had, had animated it and Feliz Navidad to you, Gabe. Happy Festivus <laughs> to the rest of us. <laughs> Let me paint a little picture for the listeners. Gabe, as usual, is barely lit. So it's almost impossible to see Gabe. We can sort of, there's like a blue light emanating from his computer monitor, but it really doesn't. But. For somebody who isn't lit, you still manage to be so fucking annoying with the with whatever those Christmas lights are that keep flashing every couple minutes. It's just is it very distracting for you? It is. Well, it is. <laughs> as as we go along, I'm like, wait, what's happening over at Gabe's? Oh, yeah. the, the lights. It's almost like so I've a got Christmas lights behind me. Ben has Christmas lights above him. Those things almost look fake, and they and, are. <laughs> it's and, a zoom uh, thing. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm an idiot. And Gabe has Christmas lights off screen that are flashing on his face. Every once in a while. All right. Anyway. Uh, so I, I. So what do you want to talk about? The floor is yours. You showed me the Zoot video the other day, Scott, because you were kind of in the mood. And I was running down this uh-huh. rabbit hole of Jeff Lynn online. And uh, mm. our two-time guest, Juliana, has an announcement that she just made this week that her next album will be an ELO tribute, right? Oh, that's, that's right. Genius. That's right. That's why we were doing the ELO yes. songs. And uh, I knew about this, and I had to sit on I'm it. I'm sure you did. You're not. I don't think you're a fan of Jeff Lynn. Are you? I'm not a fan of his production style. Um, but those ELO hits are undeniable, right? Yeah, pretty undeniable. But he he was this. But then when he started getting into the rockabilly stuff, though, I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, that but noise. he 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 was the yeah. super producer from the '80s or '90s, wasn't he? Like he, he was a hit. He was a. I know. I he was hated a hit maker. It. I mean, he he, uh, he ruined Tom Petty. Yeah, into the great wide open. Is that him? That is. But I think the first record he did with him was uh, uh, "Full Moon Fever." Okay. And I and I hated the way it sounded. The point. Rick hated. Rubin did a better job for Tom Petty, right? I would say so. But Jeff Lynne did, like, you know, the Traveling Wilburys. Right. He, he produced that Roy Orbison record. He was producing... George Harrison. George right. Harrison. Everybody. I, 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 don't like you. I don't like that either. I think the Roy Orbison album is okay. Like, I think that survives his production. Or maybe that's well, the best clear, use of his production. Clearly, the, the Petty record survives his production as well. I mean, you know, those songs are... Right. They stick through. They're undeniable. But I, I, I just don't. I, I, it bugged me because he made everybody sound the same. He made yeah. them sound like ELO. Right. And I thought that was bogus, man. But anyway, I've been on an ELO trip a couple of days now, and I, I looked him up, and I'm like, dude, this, this dude's got a history. This dude's got to be uh, a legend wherever he goes. He's Jeff Lynn. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah, people were saying those those shows that they did a couple of years ago were amazing. Uh, I saw one on TV, like it was broadcast. There was a whole ELO concert or Jeff Lynne concert. It was great. Jeff Lynne's ELO. Why does it have to be yeah, Jeff Lynne's Why does ELO. it be, have to be Jeff Lynne's ELO? Isn't he ELO anyway? You could say like, that. Who would? So you've been getting into the move. Well, I saw the move. Played Do You, and I'm like, what the hell is this? How did I yeah. not hear about this before? Right. And all Cheap Trick were huge move supporters. Really? They covered one of their songs, California Man. How come I never how come you never turned me on? Going to a party. Yeah. Meet me on after that's, school. Uh, that's ELO. Or Jeff Lynn or the move. Whatever. That's the move. That's Jeff Lynn's the move. <laughs> Jeff Lynn's anyway, move. Anyway, I'm looking forward. Not to be confused with Jeff Lynn's movement. <laughs> Jeff, Lynn's, Jeff Lynn's move is different than Jeff Lynn's I'm looking move. forward. And Jeff Lynn's movement is something you do not want to get into. <laughs> I can't wait for Juliana's move. Anywhere around. Yeah, Scott, are you going to be on that album? No, she doesn't need me to be on. on she doesn't that. need um, you, but maybe she wants you. But the question is, douchey douchey. <laughs> well... <laughs> Do you, do you? I was trying to go with something. <laughs> douchey, douchey. Pass the douchey to the left-hand side. All right, that's that's it. I was on an ELO kick. And it... Well, have you listened to the early ELO records? 
like the the prog rock, the proggy ELO from like the first two, couple records. They were kind of proggy, where they had that fifteen minute. Listen to those records. Yeah. Not even that. No, like like this. Like the first couple records that don't have any hits on them. Those records are far out, man. Yeah, I never thought you were a Jeff Lynne fan. I thought, I didn't know you liked ELO, but hate Jeff Lynne. Maybe not hate. I hated the production of Jeff Lynne. I hated it. Yeah, but Paul McCartney loves it. I hated Don Was, too. Paul McCartney what? loves it. <laughs> Paul McCartney says that ELO continued where Sgt. Pepper left off. Uh, Paul McCartney but, says a lot of things. <laughs> but, does, but does Jeff Lynne's production style, when he's producing and creating ELO, bother you? Or just when he takes that and puts it on slathers it all over the artists that he produced after that bingo that right that bugs me like rick rubin well rick rubin will strip everything down so i suppose that's a style as well but by doing but it's that, a less obvious style like you know you wouldn't necessarily know it's rick rubin but when you find out it's rick rubin you're like oh yeah of course that's he's that's trying what to get an unfiltered right portrait of the artist whereas you know the tons of 12 string guitars and the and all that kind of stuff that jeff lynn does that's him imposing his vision on the music and uh and you could say that's wrong. Yeah, but he revived Roy Orbison. Mm. I think he did. No, I, I wouldn't say he did that. He brought him back to life from the dead. No, he killed Roy <laughs> Orbison. Roy Orbison put that record out and then died. Kind of. He killed Roy <laughs> Orbison. I think he died and then he put that record out. Even worse. He killed him and then... So that record came out posthumously. I believe that's the case. I believe you're right. But like, like Roy Orbison sort of had, you know who had more to do with bringing Roy Orbison back than anybody is David Lynch. I thought you were going to say, oh, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say Glenn, Bruce Springsteen. Glenn Danzig. Ooh. <laughs> Glenn Danzig, yeah, was a huge, so Bruce Springsteen was a huge supporter and they did that Black and White Night movie and I think that's kind of what brought him back. But as far as, you know, Candy Colored Clown and, and, and what David Lynch did with Blue Velvet, that had a lot to do with it. And Gabe, you're not wrong. You know, Danzig dragging him out. That was, that was before. Jeff yeah, that was Lynn. before. That was and Less he, Than Zero. They recorded that Less oh, Than yes. Zero soundtrack, right. I bought that soundtrack. And who, and who else worked on that soundtrack? I don't know. Rick Rubin, boom. Well, that... That's, Boom, Ben. That's Rick right Rubin. when Danzig was going to do a solo thing and Rick Rubin took over for the first four Danzig albums. So would you say that Danzig is the Roy Orbison of punk? I would say that. I would say that. Okay. Why don't you say it? He, he was almost the Elvis of punk, but almost more like Roy Orbison. I, I, I'll give it, oh, I'll give it to you. Roy Orbison was heavy, man. Those timpanies and the way those songs would just build. So Lux Interior and the Cramps, he's, Lux Interior is the what of punk? The who of punk? <laughs> the Screaming Jay Hawkins? But Screaming Jay Hawkins is already pretty punk from the very beginning, so 
Jerry Lee Lewis a punk? Pretty punk also. I mean, early rock and roll is pretty punk. Rockabilly. Rockabye, baby. <laughs> That's what I've been getting into this week is Harry Schmirler, the singing Ford dealer. Ben, you don't know <laughs> Harry Schmirler, do you? No. <laughs> Hi, I'm Harry Schmirler, the singing Ford dealer. He was a, he had commercials. It he sounds like many an SCTV skit come to life. Rockabye. Well, you should look it up. It's pretty, I will. pretty amazing. Are you, Are you saying now? Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought you were giving me some assignment on my spare time. Again, how do you spell this guy? Harry. H A R R Y. Yeah, I got that. Okay. S C H M E R L E R. You, ah, you pretty much have to watch like WGN for half a day to catch these things in the middle of the day. WFLD. Oh, not half a day. They were on every what, single What are you watching, break. Maury? To. No, I was watching, like, you know, Son of Sven Gulli. Oh, okay, that'll do it. How about this 85 Ford commercial or with a voice like Oh, no, no, with a voice like, oh, they're both great. With a voice like mine is Rock, goodbye, your baby. (laughs) Hi, I'm Harry Schmirler, your singing Ford dealer. Choose from 200 brand-new Fairmonts and Mustangs, priced $49.95. You can buy a brand-new equipped Fairmont or Mustang from Would you buy a car from that guy? <laughs> Dude's got some bags under his eyes. Oh man, he's been drinking all day. That tan suit. Boys like mine, I've got to give good Refund. Schmirler Ford is at Route 83 and Tui in Elk Grove Village. <laughs> Wait, he only ever he only sings the one line? Yeah. Rock goodbye, your bitch. <laughs> okay, wait. Every so commercial. Just one more. Just does that. Rockabye, your baby. <laughs> Hi, I'm Harry Schmirler, your singing Ford dealer. Schmirler Ford family vans are on sale van. now. Look at that creeper van. You can own this new family van for only eleven eight eighty eight. Only eleven eight eighty eight. I mean, that's a great tour van, right Power there. steering and brakes. Captain's chair. So, <laughs> do you think, like, when you visited him on the lot, he every time he talked to somebody, he would start off with that little singing thing? I don't know the story of like. How he became known as a singing Ford dealer. He seems like the kind of guy, like, on his deathbed, like, he would have sung that as his last <laughs> dying breath. I mean, I think he sang other songs, but I don't remember. What's, what's Gabe doing? What are you doing, Gabe? I, I, looking I'm up? looking something up, because I don't know if we talked about this last week or not. I can't remember. But uh, there's a... there's a uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of anything. I heard a story about bands. Shingles. Bands that are, cannot sustain touring anymore because they can't afford the the tour oh, I saw the that. tour buses and they have to go back to the van. Did you read about this? I saw something and I didn't even read it cuz I figured it would piss me off. Yeah, but how does it feel because you know, everybody knows you guys tour in a van already, just the two of you, you and Ryan, and you've been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. And now bands are complaining that they have to basically go back to the van and they or they can't afford a bus anymore because it's so expensive. Right. What's your opinion on that? Uh, my 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 heart bleeds purple piss for these crybabies. <laughs> purple piss? Where's that come from? <laughs> I don't know. I read it somewhere. I mean, who was complaining about this? There, there were some some like metal bands that I can't remember the name of the band, but they were talking about we have next year we're gonna have to go out in a van. 
I oh, think it's. I think poor guys. I think Elton John said that's why he was retiring because he didn't want to have to tour in a van. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. What are you guys doing for Christmas? I mean Hanukkah. I mean Festivus. Uh, I'm driving to New York. Next time oh, I see right. you guys, I'll be in New York. I was wondering if you'd be in New York. But yet. here's something exciting for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids have to. The kids are go back to school and or are flying to Bali for the semester uh, before Why? New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my kids go to fancy schools that do weird shit. Um, uh-huh. But um, but so we're not going to be in New York for New Year's Eve. So Katie and I are thinking about we're driving, and so we're thinking about driving back and coming to Chicago for New Year's Eve. That's exciting for me. Out with you, yes. The, okay. you know, some familiar faces in the crowd for you. Yeah. Um, so you don't feel all alone at no. your yeah. show on Good. New Year's Thanks. Eve. <laughs> I'm all alone. Yeah. I, I can't believe you guys haven't. Congratulated me on your victory at the World Cup. That's right. That's right, buddy. I believed, and it happened. Messi, <laughs> you were yeah, you were alone in that too. Like you, that was your one. You were the one guy predicting that that might happen. I believe. You watched the game. I believe. You watched the game for ninety minutes oh. when they scored two goals and then had to finish it in a penalty kick and that's over. Listen, that was Dave, that was a great fucking. Game. That was an I amazing it was a great game. game. But who, who wants to sit through that long? And then the whole thing, the Everybody. whole cup is determined by penalty kicks. Come on, play it out. Play it out. <laughs> sudden death. Till someone scores a goal. Not. They did. No, that's not. It was. It was incredible. I mean that that game was. You couldn't have scripted a better game, man. Whew. You wanted to be in Palo Alto or where that was, and they were celebrating in the streets, the millions and millions of people. Where was that? Well, you know, there's a there's a, a Argentinian place down the street. So after they won, me and my friend Jake, we went over there, and uh, ooh, it, it was, was a madhouse. It was it was a party. Yeah, it was great. What kind of food? What kind of food do they have there at an Argentinian place? As an at an Argentinian steakhouse, like a Brazilian steakhouse. Uh, Let me ask you this, Scott Lucas: Did you go to sleep the night before? Did you just stay up all night at Liars Club and just power through the game? I went to sleep. I went to sleep, but I set my alarm, got up, watched the game. Do you jump up and down and stuff? Do you scare Karen when you're watching? There was a lot of jumping up and down and yelling. And I was like, Karen, this is, this is good yelling. This is okay. This, this is fine. This that is was your right. Super Bowl. It, it got intense. And it, if you can't, Gabe, if you can't, if you could watch that game and not appreciate what was going on, I don't know what to say for you. I heard it was a good game. You just, you know what, you know, you're just being a jerk about it. I, no, I can tell what you're doing. I, I, I wish they would have played it all the way out and not had penalty kicks to win the whole thing. They did play it all the way out. That's how it no, works. Play the whole field. They put extra time. That's not enough. So they did two extra oh, they times. Did, okay. So they got extra 15 minutes and another extra 15 minutes, and it was still tied. Fight to the death. So then. Then they're, then they're like, all right, enough of this shit, which, which I think is good. 
It's like, let's get this over with. Come on. All right, all right. Another four years, I got to put up with this again. (laughs) (laughs) Such a grinch. (laughs) You're a mean one, Mr. Gabe. I fell asleep when you guys are starting, if the kids are united during the Katie's event, the Katie's uh, kids event. That's the best part of the show. Uh, you can. It's still up there. You can watch it. I I watched it too. I watched it live, and then I watched it again true. the next day. If you if you'd like to stream it, uh, it's still available to stream. Just go to Zuma Live. Zuma Live. Did you have different mm-hmm. lineups during during your set? Because I, I just saw the beginning and I felt it was so late. You guys didn't go on until freaking eleven thirty your time. I'm like, I'm an old man. Come on, man. You said, you said, you know, you wanted a party on Saturday night. Yeah, but I started watching at 8 o'clock, and not till 11.30 did you guys go on. I'm like, hold on a second. I'm watching the burlesque going on. I'm like, hold on, okay. Burlesque, here we go. Are, people, are they supposed <laughs> so to be tipping? It, uh, so you were able to stay awake during the burlesque. Do they tip during the burlesque? Is that allowed? Do they throw money on the, on the t- stage? Was the toy know. drive successful? Did you get a lot of toys? We got a lot I of toys. I saw pictures. There was, a, a, there was a bike. How do you know who gets the bike and who gets the helmet? I get the bike. <laughs> if you get the bike, you need the helmet. You need both. Hey, Gabe, speaking of helmet, who do we have on the show today? That was a good, that was a well good transition. It's the first transition that Ben's done for this. Kyle Stevenson. <laughs> no relation to Bill Stevenson, but he is a drummer. Uh-huh. Playing currently with Helmet, and he's been around the block of L.A. bands. Yeah, he's been in a band with our old buddy from Shift, Josh Luca. Is that how you say it? You made it. He lives uh, on the second floor. I don't floor. know, but I, he does live on the second floor. Oh, he got there first. <laughs> That's someone we should try and get on the show, maybe if you want. Josh, talk to Josh. Yeah, he's got a story to tell. I think I know somebody who knows him. Hey, everybody, it's Kyle Stevenson. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my God. How are you doing, Kyle? Uh, well, I just took a drink and it went down the rug, too. But other than that, I'm great. What are you oh, drinking? Excuse me. Oh, I got a hot toddy. It's toddy Ooh. season, you know? It's the toddy times. My friend, yeah. uh, Mike McIntyre, who, who you know, he uh, yes. works at this place called Simon's, and they serve glug. Ooh. And oh, it's great. What so is it? What, what is it? It's mold wine. Oh, and okay. so this is the season over there. And, and he was just going crazy trying to get people their glug. Three more yeah. glugs, more glug, glug. bottles of glug. He's like, I like wow. the name. It's definitely appealing. Well, it's I spelled. Would drink, I would drink. I would drink that. It's spelled G-L-O-G-G. Oh. Doesn't make any well, sense. So you wait, all these years, <laughs> should we have been pronouncing that band T-R-O-G-G-S, the Trugs? <clears throat> I'm not doing this with you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> he asks the hard questions, man. Yeah. It's one thing I noticed about this guy. I'm so you coming back you coming back to Wisconsin? Yes, yes. Bringing the fan back to see my folks and everybody. They gave me my folks really laid the heavy, heavy guilt trip on this year because we haven't we haven't been back for like six years, so they were like, we're not getting any younger, and you know, all, this, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we're coming back, but we're doing it after Christmas. We're going to spend the new year there instead. It was a little more easy. Like, flights are just outrageous right now, Crazy. especially around Christmas. So, I was like, 
I, I could uh, I could stomach doing it then, but Christmas it was like a there was nothing available, and b the prices were just outrageous. So, You're gonna miss you know, all the good weather here. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, that, I'm actually glad we're not coming for Christmas because chances are there might be some delays happening there, you know, and, and I don't want none of that. So I would love to be there for that. I love that shit, but getting to and from there while it's happening is no good. Well, you've got fires, so, you know, you've got your own thing. Yeah, we on, get all that, the LA. fires and the, the mudslides and the earth. There was a big earthquake up north, actually, today. <clears throat> so those folks up in Eureka, they got a little... A little how do you do? So are you used to that at at this point? Or, I mean, how long have you been living in L.A.? I've been living here since 1995. So that's 27 years. My math is, I think, right? Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, as used to it as you can be, you know, it's still when your house starts shaking, it's, you know, you can only be so ready for it when it, Cause it happens, you know, you're, there's no warning. So <laughs> why did you move out there? I initially moved out here to go to film school. Really? And, uh, yeah, I was accepted to this really, I didn't know at the time, but a really good film school called Columbia college. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, it didn't work out. I, after being in school for like a year, I was just not even a year, like, I just got turned off by the whole, the whole thing after being in school. I had some bad teachers, and it just yeah. So it, that didn't really work out. So I, I uh, you know, I would I had always played. <clears throat> I'd been in bands and stuff like that. So I figured, what the hell, I'll give that a shot. And uh, yeah, it took a little while, but here we are. Yeah. So I mean, so you're you're, you're out in California for like a year in film school. And yep. what happened? You like made an experimental movie, and the the teacher shat on it. So you walked out like Jim Morrison. Is is that? What yeah, not quite that dramatic. Uh, it was more just I was paying for it, and I'm like, you know, this I don't want to. I'm not going to keep spending my. A the school was kind of not really that great, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I just decided to. I, I didn't want to do that. I was like, so I stopped. I just stopped going. Stopped paying. And, uh, switch gears you know i started working at a skate shop on melrose called atomic garage and uh i met this guy dave who also worked there and he was in a band uh called sts which is like it was a really not very not the greatest band uh but still cool it was a band and i didn't have shit going on and uh they were doing gigs at like, you know, the Roxy and the whiskey and all that shit. And I was like, fuck, man, that was like my, that was a dream to even play those places. So yeah, they needed a drummer and I started jamming with them and, you know, we did some gigs. My first gig was actually at the Roxy, my first hmm. gig out here, which is pretty cool. I found a little flyer for or like a, a newspaper clipping the other day of that show. Yeah, it was like my band and... Some other band, uh, System of a Down, actually, back when they oh, were yeah? just just getting started, and uh, other yeah, Snot, Coal Chamber, so, bands like that, you know. Yeah, the good stuff. So I mean, all you, the good LA bands. So you're just in the middle of everything. You're you're hanging out with System of a Down and Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't hanging out with them. The singer in the band was a guy who had all the connections. I was just. And who was, was he? Just, what what did he end up doing? He was this guy. His name was Ollie. He was a big, big, muscle-bound, tattooed 
kind of uh, AA guy. And he, he, you know, he was a singer. He didn't really have the greatest voice, but he was, you know, what he lacked in vocal talent, he made up for in charisma, we'll say. Uh-huh. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, he was, uh, he just, he had all the, all the juice per, you know, per se. And so he, he was, cause he helped all these people, you know, like get off drugs and, and alcohol and all that stuff. So he kind of knew he was like a celebrity, not a celebrity, but like a rock and roll kind of rehab guy, I guess. And he, uh, so yeah, he's the one who had all the juice and actually STS morphed into this band Flashpoint and we got yeah. on on Ozfest right. in, 90, uh, in 99 because the guy, the singer, Ollie, was Ozzy's uh, like bodyguard and AA guy. And so Ozzy got us on. He asked Ozzy, or he gave Ozzy, he gave Ozzy our, our demo tape. And uh, and then we got on. We weren't even signed, and we got on Ozfest, which was pretty awesome. So are you like on the side stage? Yeah, yeah. We were on the second stage, but we did – that year, they were re- rotating all the bands on the second stage. Got to play, got to open up the main stage like once or twice throughout the tour. So we did get to play the main stage a couple times. But yeah, we were we were on the the second stage, and uh, yeah, so it was great. I mean, it was an amazing experience. The original Black Sabbath was on that tour. Oh. That was that was like the that was it for me. You know, <clears throat> they milked it for a couple more years after that before Bill left. <laughs> But, so yeah. after uh, this band falls apart, what did you do? Um, after that happened, I was uh, let's see, what was I doing? I started work. You know, I got a job as a delivery driver for this like copy place out in Glendale, and I uh, was just kind of you know still trying to you know be musically active, and then I got. <clears throat> uh, the guy who managed Flashpoint, my my buddy Pablo, he he was also friends with this guy Josh, uh, Josh Luca from this band Shift. Mm. I don't know if you remember Shift from the Torba <laughs> Shift. Yeah. Oh, really? We know Shift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, so I was, uh, you know, I was like Shift, and uh, they and Josh. Uh, so yeah, Pablo put. They, Josh had a new band called Big Collapse, and uh, he was. They needed a drummer because they were moving to L.A. So, yeah, I started playing in Big Collapse. And we did the record, toured our asses off for, God, I don't know, a couple of years, just nonstop touring. And then that band kind of fell apart. Uh, yeah, as they do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but it, that was a great, that's one of my favorite records that I've ever uh, done. You know, it was a crazy time in my life when we did that record. So, yeah.
you've heard the, the airplane crashing into the house story. So no, that, what the garb I've story. Never t- uh, <laughs> yeah, these the, guys have these guys haven't heard the, it. Right. Okay. Well, I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. So like the, let's see, it was 2003, June, June of 2003, uh, June 3rd to be exact. And we were, <laughs> A day we were, that will live in infamy. Yeah. It was two days. We it was a Friday, and we were going to the stu- first day of the recording was on Sunday, and I was driving home from work at the from the the cop the the delivery job that I had, and uh, <clears throat> I was people were calling me while I was driving, and you know I didn't answer because you're not supposed to do that. And uh, when I parked my car, I couldn't get into our neighborhood. There was like all this. All the, the streets were blocked off, and there was helicopters flying around. And it turns out a, a, a small Cessna airplane had crashed into my apartment building and uh, pretty much trashed the whole place, put a big hole through the building, you know, killed everybody on the plane, landed on my neighbor who was uh, – Holy shit. He, he, was, uh, the, he, was, he was like a 70-something-year-old uh, Holocaust survivor. His name was Reese, oh, and he was God. the sweetest old man. I'd see him in the hallway every day, and he'd always, like, tip his cap, and we'd just say, hello, how you doing? And uh, he lived in the unit next to where my unit was, and he was just chilling in there, and, yeah, the thing just landed right on him. And, ironically, he was the only one who had renter's insurance in the whole building. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that was that happened two days before the record was supposed to get going, and uh, – so everybody was like, oh, shit, man, we totally understand if you can't do it. And I was like, well, I, I kind of don't have any. I have to do it. I don't, I don't have anywhere to live anymore. Right. I, I mean, like, what else do I have? I have to. This is all I have, really, you know. So, yeah, I went down there and just I was kind of, you know, in a weird headspace, obviously. And uh, just kind of think that weird energy kind of, you know, was what propelled me to that the performance on that record. So I'm... Um, I'm very happy with it, and yeah, this is kind of a, a weird. There was a weird vibe, like weird good though, you know, like right. kind of back back against the wall, like what else, you know, this is it kind of thing. Nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. So, no. yeah, it's just like the Garb story. Exactly, one hundred percent. Right, exactly. Even he had. I'm pretty sure his band was called Big Collapse too. <laughs> it was. Yeah. The world according to Big Collapse. Right. Was that was that John F. Kennedy Jr. in that flight, or, or was that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but it was a it was this it was a uh, real estate developer from Santa Monica. This rich prick from Santa Monica who shouldn't have been flying. That it was an overcast day, and the guy, uh, you know, obviously found this all out later through the, the lawsuit and everything, but. He was only licensed to fly with uh, visual rules, and he, um, you know, it was an overcast day, so he would have only been able to do it with instruments. And he was he wanted to fly to Idaho to show these people some property. So he was waiting all day, and they weren't letting him go. And it was like three o'clock, and he just said, "Fuck it, I'm going." And he just he ignored the, you know, the the, the tower, and he just took off, and he got lost up in the clouds, and. Just did a nosedive right down through our building. 
Do you have a story about a car accident and a blowjob? That's the GARP story that I remember. I didn't remember this airplane story. <laughs> the story where they're, they're going to buy a house and a plane goes, in, like, flies right into the house. Yes, they do. <clears> and they're like, and he turns to the guy and he goes, we'll take it. Like, what? You want this house? He's like, well, this is never going to happen again. I mean, what are the yeah. chances of this happening yeah. again? We'll, we'll, we'll take the house. Right. <clears throat> Sound logic. Yeah. The blowjob story is something else that happens in the movie. That does happen in the movie, too, right? It does. I'm not yeah. conflating some other nope, that's Robin the movie. Williams thing. That's, that's not. How... Uh, that didn't happen in Moscow on the Hudson, right? That was Garp. Okay. Gotcha. That, that's Garp. That's Garp. Great. Well, the world according to. The world according to Garp. Right. So how many more bands were there before you got to Helmet? There was one more band uh, from the ashes of Big Collapse formed mm. this band, Kodiak. Okay. Which, it was jo- It was still Josh from uh, Shift and Big Collapse. It was he. It was Josh, me, and John, my buddy John Fuller, who he was in Big Collapse for a second before before matt left and it all kind of ended and so we were like the three of us were kind of like well fuck we want to keep playing we should do something but obviously it can't be big collapse and um so we changed the name and i always wanted to be in a trio anyway you know like who doesn't want to be in a trio so uh yeah that was actually really fucking cool we 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 never it didn't last very long but those songs the songs we wrote were like Fucking some of my favorite, I mean, really cool, just good stuff. I wish that band would have stuck around a little longer, but Josh kind of was over it and wanted to switch gears, and now he does music for commercials, and he's pretty pretty damn successful at it. So, you know, he made, I think he made the right choice. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, after that, uh, Kodiak kind of was over. And I was just working, uh, you know, I, I worked on, I had to go back to work and I worked on like photo shoots and commercials doing like, you know, building sets and doing props and stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> Josh and I actually, Josh is the one who got me into that world. So we were, we were in a band and we were working together and all that stuff. And then uh, uh, the guy, this guy I worked, I worked on that show. Uh, remember that show Flavor of Love? It's like Flavor Flav's like reality dating show. <laughs> oh yeah, Gabe's favorite show. Yeah. Those, those are the best. Rock and yeah. Flavor of Love, all that stuff. Yeah, man. So the first, the first, whatever. I don't know how many seasons there were, but the first one I worked on, and we had to, we got this house out in Encino, and just had to like totally turn it into a Flavor Flav house, you know. So that was what we did. We decked it out all Flavor okay. Flav style. All right. <clears throat> well, what what does that entail? What gives the house the flavor? Uh, well, flavor? A lot of gaudy, uh, <laughs> a lot of gaudy stuff. A lot of velvet and gold. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> the thing we, the my favorite part about it was we had to build a, a clock wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was gonna be a clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there was like all the chicks that were on there. There was a clock with a there each one of their faces. So there's like this in his bedroom. There was this giant wall. And it was all the all the clocks with all the girls' faces, and you know, as they got dismissed or whatever, you know, they would take their clock off the wall and excuse me. So that was the that was kind of the funniest thing. And to be there, like to be there when they would film that scene, like would be pretty funny because Flav would (laughs) Flav would be just like in his boxers. He was just 
he was all he was actually really fucking cool guy to like to work for or work with i guess he was just he was super just down to earth and like he was he was wild but he was super cool he didn't like he didn't have a, a crazy ego or anything he was just cool with everybody and he's like what's up family you know yeah. he was just he was cool and he wasn't so, doing crack then no yeah no i didn't see him ever do crack he smoked a lot of blunts but i think he was over the crack yeah at that point so anyway i worked on that show with this guy billy who um he lived with john tempesta at the time and so they uh you know john had played in helmet before i did and they knew that uh or billy you know was there there they were all friends with Paige, and so we were working one day and billy's like hey you want to Paige is looking for a new drummer do you want to try out for helmet and i was like wow that's i mean okay sure why not you know like i didn't i wasn't sure that help what was going on with helmet at the time you know and I was like, well, I, I've always loved the band. I know, I know all the songs. Well, a lot of the songs, anyway, just from listening to them all the time. I've, I've always loved John Stanier's drumming, you know. And uh, so I was like, fuck it, yeah, yeah, give me his number. And so I called Paige, and he had me learn a few songs. Uh, they, they had just put out a record that summer in two thousand. It was this was two thousand six. They just put out a record called Monochrome that summer, and uh, so mm -hmm. he had me learn a couple songs off that record, which were fucking really hard, <clears throat> and then a couple other, like maybe two or three other older songs that I already knew. So yeah, these two songs off the Monochrome record were definitely, you know, I understand why he chose those because they were like they're very demanding, crazy, sh just crazy shit going on, times, time changes, and all kinds of little bells and whistles. So uh, I learned those and went down to uh, his rehearsal space. And, you know, the first time I met him, I was like, you know, we just talked about our mutual friends and all that stuff. And he's fucking, I see he's got a little rig in the corner and he's recording everything. I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to record this. All right, cool. So it's just me and him going through the songs and, um, and you know, like he was like, all right, that's cool, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch. And, Whatever you know, he had me come back for maybe two or three more auditions, and uh, every time I, actually not two or three, I think it was like one or two more auditions. And every time I would show up, there was a guy leaving, and every time I was done, there would be a guy waiting to get in. You know, so he, you know, he he saw a lot of dudes apparently. And uh, after I think the third audition, he's like, "Yeah, man, I think we can do this." And I was like, "Oh, sweet, nice." So. Yeah, so it was just it was, you two. Was there was no bass player or anything like that. No bass player. He didn't. Uh, he didn't have a. He was kind of like reforming the band. Uh, so yeah, he was looking. I was the first piece, and he was like, "Do you know any guitar players or bass players?" And so <laughs> I was like, "Actually, John, my buddy John. You know, he uh, that I moved to LA with, and he was in Big Collapse and Kodiak. I'm like, I got a perfect guy. We are like, we have such a good." you know, thing together. We've been playing together forever. So I got John the audition and he got the gig. And then, uh, I had a couple guitar friends too that I recommended, but he ended up going with this guy, Jimmy from Australia. He's a great dude. We still, every time we go to Australia, we always see him and, uh, he comes and hangs out. He get, he'll get up and do a song with us every now and again. He's <clears throat> great dude. <clears throat> Excuse me. Damn it. What's the matter? I need some, I need some more toddy. Hmm. So you guys are going to Australia soon? 
Uh, in April. Oh. April, yeah. We're going. Yeah, we got a nice little break. Uh, we're going, yeah, New Zealand and Australia in April for like two and a half weeks or something like that. Well, it's I gonna mean, be a it's gonna be a gnarly tour actually. It's like nine shows in ten days, I think, in Australia. Jesus. And like those are all fly dates, you know. You pretty you can't just drive from town to town in fucking Australia. Oh, well, sure you can. As you know, well, <laughs> and, yeah, well, if you have time, I guess. <laughs> you can, when did you? When was the last time you were in Australia? Uh, Gabe. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Oh wow! Yeah, it was about three and a half, four weeks. Three yeah. weeks. Holy shit! Damn, yeah, that's we were out a, there for a while. That's a long one for. Oh, you must have been playing all the little in between spots too. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, we that, played all. That's all crazy. The yeah, uh, I had just read the Sex Pistols book, so I, I was like, "All right, you know what? Nobody, <laughs> knows, nobody knows us over here. Right. So let's let's be." The Sex Pistols. Let's be crazy. Let's just do whatever right. the fuck we want. So <laughs> we did. Like every day, we drank everything we could find. We smoked everything we could find, and it, it was that way. Like it was, wow. Pretty much twenty four hours. And, and Gabe, I mean, that's fun. Gabe had to deal with it. Yeah, it was great. Well, not for Gabe. I guess not so much fun for <laughs> Gabe. But that was right when we just started getting cell phones, and we're in, in a foreign country. Trying to figure out how to work these cell phones, and I'm I'm responsible for everybody in the tour. I'm like, uh, oh god, I don't I don't know if Scott's gonna make it to the next show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, even that still happens even to this day. <laughs> well, Did yeah, you play the part do. of Australia that Wake and Fright takes place in the Outback? Did you play the Outback, Scott? Um, no, no, it wasn't it, that bad. Did you go to? Did you pet any kangaroos? Well, did you hold yeah, any koalas. Way. There was, we went to this one sort of like outdoors, what is it, a zoo? Sanctuary. Like an animal sanctuary? Sanctuary, you're right. Yeah. So there was this koala, not koala, there was this kangaroo, and I'm trying to have a moment with the kangaroo. <laughs> and everyone, everyone got bored, you know, and they, they walked away. And so I'm kind of like, to this kangaroo, and it's, it's getting closer. It's getting closer to me, and it's kind of like I'm like, oh, this kangaroo is warming up to me. And then yeah. I see something out of the side of my eye, Uh-oh. and it's another kangaroo. And I turn around, and I'm being surrounded by kangaroos, <laughs> oh, shit. and they're all just coming in, just like this. And I just like fucking, I backed out real slowly. <laughs> yeah, they almost got me. You didn't have like a bag of food, like trying to feed them or anything. You're no, just I was just trying to commune with with oh, the one. Shit. But then yeah. uh, they were. He was being a decoy, and the rest of them were like, get him. Wow. But you got out of it. Yeah, barely. It was a tough scrape. <laughs> Gabe was on the phone. I don't know. He's back there with those kangaroos. I don't know if he's going to make it to the next show. <laughs> oh, man. Those things, they, they'll fuck you up.
so, I mean, it must feel good now because, like, it seemed like it was really hard for you guys to get back on the road after COVID. Oh, yeah. It like, was it, amazing. I mean, yeah. It was all, it was, it was almost comically, yeah. like, uh, you know, just, it was, yeah, it was, we, it was like I feel the book like of Job. Got, yeah, I feel like we got, we got uh, really a, the short end of the stick on, uh, like, especially seeing you guys go out and uh, everybody else is out there doing it. And like, for, for whatever reason, we just kept getting, you know, postponed or canceled or, you know, like, and it, it would always happen, like, really close to go time you know like you're a week or two away and all of a sudden guess what tours canceled or it was just it was yeah it was real bad it was took us a long time to to get back going i mean really that tour we just did with clutch and uh, quicksand that was like the first real like extended tour that we had done since covid you know like we had a couple false starts you know we did a tour in june that we only got three shows into and then Paige and Dan both got COVID. Was that when ended. you were just like, fuck this? Yeah. I was like, oh, come on. I mean, yeah. Cause like, here we are, we, we're, we're getting going. We had just getting our, our groove going. And then the next day, you know, we had like a day off in Connecticut or something. And Paige came down with the COVID and then Dan had it too. Dan wasn't, Paige was like actually had symptomatic and not feeling well. Dan was totally normal. And, uh, so yeah, that was a real bummer. And yeah, there was I mean, we were supposed to do a tour with Ministry like months before that. Right. That, that fucking canceled like two weeks before we were or it seemed like two weeks before we were gonna do it and And why did we that not even canceled? I don't even know. I think it was partly COVID related, but I heard I don't know, I never got a real answer. I heard rumors like Al like broke his ankle or something i don't know there was all kinds of i never got the, the official why but i'm assuming it was covid related and uh so that was like that was the end of 2021 when we were supposed to do that and then we were going to do a whole two-month european tour this year in like february or maybe march and april and then that got canceled because they were not coming they weren't as is back from COVID over there. And then the war just broke out too. It was just like, we just couldn't fucking catch a break, man. It was really frustrating, but you know, we finally got out there. That tour, the, the last tour we did with clutch. I mean, we did like a week of shows in August with, uh, corn and Evanescence. Right. And that, that was interesting. I mean, they were, everybody was super nice and, that was uh, definitely good to just play in front of those that amount of people, but it was also kind of a little. I don't know. Just I, pre I prefer the the theater club shows as opposed to like the big, you know, kind of right. The big sheds, as they call them, I guess. But uh, yeah. anyway, it was a good warm up for the. It was a good warm up for the, the clutch quicksand thing. And that was yeah, that, that tour was, went that, great. I mean, that was one of the best tours that we've done ever. Like it was one right up there, probably top, top three tours that we've uh, ever since I've been in the band that we've done. It was just fucking great. Top Everybody, three, huh? yeah, I would say top three. I mean, you guys are at the, was number the one? combo. The combo is obviously, <laughs> I think you know the answer. The 2016-17 epic, whatever ninety shows that we did together in the states and Europe. That 
it's going to be hard to top that. But well. but this was uh, just as far as like, I mean, like with that many people and bands, you know, I mean, let's not forget about Pincus too. He was awesome. Right. What a great so guy. So just all the, that, that big of a crew and like, you, you know, there's bound to be an asshole or two in the bunch, but you know, it turns out I was the only one. I was right. the only, and I was like, well, that made me feel better, you know? Right. <laughs> but, uh, good, good. You deserved it. Yeah. Thank you. And I wasn't jealous of you at all. No, I didn't, I didn't ever get any, any vibes like that. And <laughs> that one, whenever you guys got sick on your lap, when we were both out at the same time and you, <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, you sent some text over. That was, I can't remember the words, but it was fucking hilarious. Like you're super great. no, <laughs> I, I don't you're know, super you fucking awesome tour sounds great yeah no cancellation what, you're well attended no cancellation <laughs> yeah that's what tour. it was well attended yeah oh man well shit how did the rest of your how did the rest of your thing end up there the, the it third ended leg up pretty good. it ended up pretty good that third leg was a, a lot of fun and, it, and yeah. the shows were good and and Canada was good you know yeah which could yeah have, I love Canada could have gone the other way yeah well, I guess it's always a toss up getting in there, but I don't know. Montreal is a tough crowd usually actually, but you guys did good, huh? It was probably my favorite show of the tour. Really? Great. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Really good. Ended on a high note then. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. about you? What do you guys got? What's coming up for what's down the pipe for you boys? That's it. I'm no done. new year's shows or anything. Yeah. We got, new year's, we got new year's shows. We're going to dress right. up like a uh, dumb and dumber. Oh right, we're, right. We're getting the suits and the perfect. The hats. Gabe, is Gabe going to be a part of it again too? You get the whole extended, uh, the extended family for these. Gabe, you, uh, you going to do it? It'd be nice to be in the sub-zero weather up there next week or whenever it's coming up. But I'm in Florida. You're in and, Florida. Uh, it's it's not in the cards for me to be there for this New Year's. Uh, what are you doing in Florida? <laughs> Enjoying the sun and just hanging out. I work you got family so, down there? Uh, a little bit, but yeah. uh, kind of made my way out of, out of the Midwest, and the cold kind of took its toll on us for a while, so we're, we're down here. But uh, Oh, you mean you're like, you've relocated. You're not just down there visiting. That's like where you're, you're, yes. you've set up camp? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was where about, whereabouts? I'm near Jacksonville. Jayville. Uh, the, right. The band did a tour uh, last year, or earlier in the year, and they hit Jacksonville. But then when I got Oh, Jackrabbits. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And on this last leg of the tour, they didn't hit my my t part of the country, but that's all right. Well, good for them. Good. Who the hell wants to go to Florida? I mean, Florida twice in one year. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much. Yeah. They were they, some some people in Florida were upset we didn't make it on this, but it's like, listen, we did you a favor. Yeah. You can't take us <laughs> two times in one year. Right. Please. Yeah, we we went. Uh, we almost didn't get out of there. We were down in Orlando right when that hurricane was was coming through and we like it was chasing us out of there man we got like we got out of there just in the nick of time before the shit hit the fan that was nice. kind of exciting good so what the hell is the indie drummer collective the indie drummer collective is a uh, a really cool group of uh of awesome drummers you know that I indie was, drummers well, but not just, I mean, there's, yeah, primarily indie drummers, but there's some uh, heavyweights in there. You've got, uh, you got your Matt Cameron, for instance. Okay. He might be the, 
he might be the 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 most well known name of the group, but there's so many good drummers. I mean, Gherkin's in there. That's how I got in. It was through Gherkin. He, I saw him. He did a post about something, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And he's like, "Ah, fucking come on, man!" So, and he said that Pete Moffat was in it. So I was like, "That's good enough for me." If you you and Moffat are in there, then I want to be. A, I'm, I'm in. So, yeah, it's great though. It's uh, it was especially. The timing, you know, it, when it started was, you know, you know, balls deep in the pandemic. And uh, it was just, you know, I hadn't been doing anything. I was really just not motivated and just, you know, as a lot of folks were, I just didn't, I don't know, couldn't get going. And that was, it gave me something to do, like just doing these, what we do, I guess, what we do is every month we'll pick a theme or a band to do a tribute to. Or, you know, like a, a record label or a, a genre or a time period mm -hmm. of music. And everybody picks a song and, and just does a drum cover of it and films themselves. And uh, we usually we find a chair, a different charity every month to kind of play for to try and raise awareness and money for. It. And so it's really cool. It's a good, really awesome community of drummers where you can talk safely about drums and drumming without yeah. being ridiculed and and, uh, and what are you looking uh, at me for <laughs> well this is the time of the show where uh yes these two guys ask you to make a decision okay a decision the toughest decision of your life really oh god I don't know which way. Why this didn't you tell go. me about this? We usually have a, 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 an idea of which way our guests are going to go with this question. And I'm, I'm going to. Do you have an no, idea? No, I don't. But I'm going to pose it. I'm going to ask it a different way. Oh, different Ooh. way. This is mm. exciting. Ooh. An unbiased oh, yeah. way. I'm hoping. Kind of. Or if if you need more information, <laughs> I'll give it to you. But okay. Uh, if I were to give you two names of drummers, tell me which one would be a bigger impact oh this is bullshit yes <laughs> this is kind of a, i got yeah. the names written down here chris mars chris mars or nico mcbrain so who is who would i be more excited about is kind that of yeah which, if i had to choose if i had to choose one i had to look it up i, would I had to look the, it up well whose uh, band who's which whose drummer's band would you rather be in oh god uh, I'd uh, well both answers. I would go with Nico, okay. man. He's Nico's the. I mean, God, I fucking love that guy. So you like Iron Maiden more than you like the Replacements? Well, I just think it'd be a funner gig. Never. Okay, yeah. that's a great answer to that question. <laughs> but which, but let's ask our real question, and which is more along the lines of uh, you know you had to pick one band to be in your collection of albums, and the other one had to leave. One oh. band, you can only take one band on a desert island. It's Iron oh, Maiden. And those are my choices? Yeah. Those are your two choices, oh, yes. Jeez, man. I can only pick one? You can only pick one. <sighs> I guess you could say you like them equally. I don't know. I love the way that Gabe really tried yeah. to sneak this <laughs> one in. He, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> he appealed to the drummer side of Kyle. It was a good, it was a good angle. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a great yeah, angle. It's a good angle so you can get <laughs> no. a win. I don't even know who Chris Martin is. I never heard his name before in my life till today. Listen, just the fact that Kyle has to think about the real question is enough for me. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I, these, these desert island questions are always so tough, you know? Like, if I had, I wouldn't, I would choose something else altogether if I had, like, you know, 
I, I wouldn't pick either of them if I had a choice, you know, I'd rather have something else. But if you make me choose between those two, uh, <laughs> fuck it. I, I would have to go. I would have to go All with right, Iron that's Maiden. A, that's a, whoa. Enough said. That was a long way Enough to get said. there. I mean, it's, I, well, I just, it's, a, that's a tough, I, like I said, I wouldn't, if, if I had my druthers, I'd pick something completely different, but. But yeah, again. I just I don't know. That's uh, yeah, exactly. I would uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I like the replacements fine, but I think uh, I would have I would have more fun with the uh, the maiden. I already know what I know what maiden album I would pick, and you know, I could I could see myself doing that. Power Slave. I mean, I could listen to that for the rest of my life. Right, like, nice. The, the, the rhyme of the rhyme of the ancient mariner. I mean, you can't really go. See wrong his eyes as he one. stops one of three. <laughs> Mesmerizes one of the wedding guests. Stay here and listen to the nightmare of the sea. <laughs> Whoa! I knew you'd do that. What else you got, Kate? Yeah. Come on. Well, there you go. Do you have? Yeah. You do you have other... any uh, antidotes? Any stories of the road? Any antidotes? Any stories? Is that what you said? Antidotes? <laughs> <laughs> antidotes? Antidotes. Any uh, tidbits from being on the road with the guys? Like maybe from Europe with, with Scott? Oh, well, God, there's so many. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I got a good one from the first the first tour we did together when our when our uh, our blossoming love affair started. <laughs> uh, back in 2014, we both had the pleasure of touring with filter yes which i call like we call them flitter <laughs> uh and i don't even mind saying this worst guy i've ever met in in music ever worst fucking guy ever fuck that guy me no not you sorry the flitter guy okay total fucking asshole uh but anyway that's all i'll say about that so yeah we that, and that's we funny yeah i mean that's that's a subtle point you're making here don't hold back don't hold back uh but yeah so we both we met on that tour we both had the pleasure of supporting that prick and uh but it was it was great it was kind of like we we were both in this hell together and that kind of is what (laughs) what bonded us you know what i mean so it was uh but anyway it was like first first week of tour of that tour and I hadn't been drinking because I just had a like a, a tooth implant put in my fucking head, <laughs> so uh, I couldn't drink for like the first week, and it was I was miserable. And all these guys were fucking just having a blast, and I was like, I couldn't even go hang out. I just had to like, it sucked. So anyway, we were in Boise, Idaho, and it was the first night that I was like back on the sauce, and uh, and we went out. <laughs> these guys had just got into town. And we're like, fuck, we, you know, we are just, we had just started meeting these guys. And, uh, you know, and so we're like, fuck, what are you guys doing? Let's go get some drinks. And we go out. I don't even remember where, but we go out and we get pretty schnockered. And, and Mr. Lucas. Uh, we were probably at the Auto Lux. That's right. That's where we were. Oh, yes. That, yeah. that totally, that's another awesome uh, layer to this story. So, yeah, we, we did a shot. You and I did a shot of tequila. But like the, you know, where you snort the salt and squirt the lime in your eye and all that shit. We did like right. one of those. The Caddyshack and, shot. Yeah. 
And anyway, we end up going back to our hotel. We, I think we were all staying in the same hotel. And uh, he just kind of follows me to my room and just comes in and jumps on my bed. You know, I'm like, <laughs> uh, the night's over for me. I'm like, all right, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And he just follows me into my room, just jumps on my bed. I'm like, dude, you got to go. Like, this is cool and everything, but you got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no. And he just kind of wouldn't leave. You were definitely out of your mind drunk and um oh, it was a great it was story. like you, you had a, you were wearing a cow <laughs> like you stole somebody's cowboy hat from them at like we went to go get we tried to sober up a little bit by getting some pizza at this place and you like somehow acquired this guy's cowboy hat and it was just yeah that was one of my first first memories of of you and uh i love it it was i, w- I was in love <laughs> <sighs> that's not a good story that's a great story. That's a terrible that, story. Well, that wasn't the one I was going to tell. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh. That was the one. No, that was the one. There's, there's so many. There's a time we went bowling in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, you I, bowled a I, hell of a game. I, I was like blackout drunk, and I bowled like a 200 or something crazy. <laughs> I don't even remember, but these guys have pictures. and I, I do remember finding – your fucking hotel card like on my way to the back from the bathroom and just your hotel card just laying on the floor at this bar i was like i brought it back to you i'm like i think this is yours <laughs> and then the next morning i just remember be it was hot as fuck and you were just laying on the pavement next oh. to our next to our trailer by the bandwagon just like fucking oh yeah we were all in rough shape we were dying and that yeah. and that that club we played was so hot in there. Oh yeah! I, I thought I was gonna die. I, I said, uh, "I was like, <laughs> I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a stroke." People are laughing. I'm like, "It's not funny. My arm. I can't feel my arm." Yeah. What was that? The Firebird or something? Or no, what? it wasn't. It was some club that I'd never played before and I've never played since. It was on the other side of town. Wait, was and, it? It wasn't Pops, was it? Were we popping at Pops? No, that's no. That, that's East St. Louis. And they had like they had put like a couple of bands on the bill, oh, so there were like five bands on that bill that day in this small fucking hot box, and we were dying. Oh, yeah, awful, awful. And that was the that was the, like why was that tour even at that place? That was the Flitter tour, so that should have been at a bigger place, I guess. We played a lot of weird places on that tour. A lot of weird places, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. For one time, we I forget where we were, but they all, like, this is another funny thing. They all had, like, walkie-talkies and shit, and, like, we're playing in, like, tiny little clubs. Like, there's no need for everybody to be on a walkie-talkie at all. Right. <laughs> and we're uh, we're sitting in some club, you know, before. Seattle. Was it Seattle? I think it was and, Seattle. Well, we were, and you can hear on their fucking, uh, their walkie-talkies, I was I was like talking to one of their techs and you can hear him from the bus. He's like, where's the fucking water? He's like, if there's not water on this bus in five fucking <laughs> seconds. And he just goes, five. He starts counting down. And we're just like, are you kidding me, this guy? Like just total tantrum, tantrums. And uh, and they just, they, he's just, uh, yeah. He would, his stage banter too was pretty, <laughs> every funny. night he goes when i was in nine yeah. inch nails you guys are like what do you think about my guitar playing 
I wasn't in nine inch nails for nothing. You know, I'm like, Trent says hi to all you guys. That was my favorite one. He said, Trent says hi to everybody. He always brought up, he always brought up nine inch nails and that he was in nine inch nails, you know, and it was, uh, yeah. You're proud of that fact. He was. Yeah. I remember their, their fucking, uh, tour manager. I had to hunt him down every show for our, uh, our uh, buyout. He was oh, trying yeah. to pocket our buyout every night. That guy. And if I didn't hunt him down and get it, he was just going to pocket it. He's like, "Oh yeah, I, 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 I have it." I'm like, yeah. why didn't you give it to me? You know, you see <laughs> me all day. Yeah, that guy was. That guy. I think those two together. It was like him, and then the the singer guy. They were the like the two. They were in. They were in cahoots together. Because remember, they added that all of a sudden we play. We're playing in Dallas. And all of a sudden, there's another band on the the, the the bill, and also the rest of the tour. They just like added this oh, band. Oh, right! This, it was like it was Dr. Dr. Phil's Dr. kids. Dr. Phil's son's band. That oh I guess paid them a bunch paid them a bunch of money <laughs> to get on this tour, and they didn't tell anybody about it. And all of a sudden, they just showed up one day, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this band's going to do the rest of the last two weeks of the tour." We're like, "What? Like that's so?" It just made it. It was already a clusterfuck, and it just yeah. made it ten times worse. And uh, yeah, there's like all of a sudden this bus in the parking lot, and they were nice kids, but they were the band was, uh, yeah, I don't know, not good, not so good. They played like they had, uh, they played along the tracks, and they like had even like applause and crowd noise like included <laughs> in their not. track. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I swear to God, they did. Yeah, wow. they were, yeah. Juicing but, up, you know, like they had, they had their yeah. own laugh track. They, they did, I swear to God, man. I'm not even, I'm not even fucking bullshitting you. Yeah, it, so that, that was another, they just, stuff like that was happening. But it was, I'm glad we did it because we met Scott and Ryan and, and we, you know, a lot of good stuff came out of that, so. Well, was, we uh, just think, we just think the world of you guys. Oh, you know? Well, likewise, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. saw uh, Justine sent me a, a little clip of uh, maybe that was in Montreal. I don't know where you guys were goofing on goofing off on stage with a helmet song. <laughs> Ryan was Ryan was singing in. Uh, no, was it was that. in Toronto. Now here's oh. what happened. They start playing a helmet song. And it's like unsung. It's like I I know how to play unsung. But I'm not tuned down, so yeah. I look like an asshole trying to play unsung, <laughs> you know, not tuned down. And I'm like, this is stupid. And they're like, no, oh, let's play it some more. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That's just funny. Just to, it's funny to, not funny, but I guess it is funny to, to watch Ryan sing and drum at the same time, you know, <laughs> <clears throat> in a good way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's so funny about it? Well, it's just his, I don't know. He's just got that cute voice, you know? Yeah. Cute. Your guys' voice, your guys' voice work, voices work well together. That's what you need. He's got the high, the high thing and you got the low raps together. They, they they work well together. The low raps? Is that what you said? Yeah. Low raps. Bass. No, rasp. Rasp. Well. You know. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Thank you. Uh, how did they, did you ever get uh, a hold of Walter, of Wally? Got a hold of Walter, but it, yeah. uh, he's hasn't. Hasn't materialized hasn't yet? Hasn't happened yet, no. It's, no, it's been going guy. back and forth. He's a busy guy. Yes. But he said, he's he's he was like, oh, yeah, Scott's a homie. And I was like, yeah, Scott is a homie, man. <laughs> That's my little raps. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I knew it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we'll no, thanks. Yeah, you will. No, he's he's a great dude. He'll do it for sure, man. He's he'll have a lot of good stories, I'm sure. The guy's he's uh, very prolific. Mm. Pro, well, you know, prolific. He he, he he uh he wrote the intro to Gabe's book. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I I Gabe's I, book. I used to do a, a fanzine in the in the late 80s about uh, a lot of the straight edge scene from like New York and the East coast mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, when, when he was in Gorilla okay. Biscuits, they toured the country and they played Chicago. And I interviewed, I interviewed them in Milwaukee in 89. Oh. I was wearing my, my nice. hand painted Gorilla Biscuits jacket. And uh, I still have that jacket. I can't wait to show them when we get them on the show. That's awesome. <laughs> hand painted. So, I mean, was it a, le- was it a leather jacket? A, like a gas station jacket, like, like a Dickies jacket, but different color. Okay. And, uh, a, okay, and you put the the, the gorilla face on the whole, there. The whole seven inch cover. A buddy of ours. Yeah. A buddy oh. of ours named Hoser. Scott, you remember Hoser? He, yeah. He painted Hoser. it. I saw him the other night. I saw Hoser. The other I paid him fifty. I paid him fifty liars. bucks, and he painted this thing, hand painted it. And uh, anyway, nice. Uh, that is so. I mean, because like the, my memory of that is that 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 was a legit real band. Swag. No, no, no. You know, I I don't have memory of it being hand painted at all. That was that was legit. No, it's full back paint of the cover of the seven inch. You know, it's it's for real, hand done. That's badass. So, uh, well, heck, I'd like to see it even. I, I, Pull it. Where out. is it? Let's see it. Uh, Whip it out. It'll take me a second. Keep going. <laughs> well, we okay. we got we got this. We can we can fill some space. I don't even know where it's. So. At. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Look right. at him. Look at him rummaging around, like a, like a kid showing off his Star Wars toys. I'm trying to see what that. Oh, okay, it's a local. That's a local age poster. Yeah. Nice. 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 How's Karen doing? She's doing good. Yeah. Where is she? She's around here somewhere. She happy to have you home after the this oh, long multi-part tour. That's what she says, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, my cat was, he's always a little standoffish at first, but then he's like, oh, dude, where the fuck have you been, man? Right, right. They got such attitude. Yeah, well, I would too. You left me. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, you're my guy. Like, no one knows how to hold me or anything. You're the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Look at him. He's still going. He's going to find it. I think he's, he's found the case that it's in. You know, it's kind of a weird coincidence because when I was a kid, and still to this day, totally into the original Planet of the Apes series of movies. And my grandfather was an artist, a visual artist, and he painted, I don't think it was a denim jacket, or I guess it was some kind of denim, but painted an elaborate, like, Cornelius face on the back of this jacket. That Go get it. Show us. I don't know where that is. I think it's probably still in my house. Both of them are rummaging around in their clothes. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Hold on. I'll be right back. Yeah. You know what? I... <laughs> Ben, has anyone ever told you that you kind of look a little bit like uh, Zach Barakas, drummer from Jawbox? 
No. Anyone ever, anyone ever tell you that? All right. No. Well, Gabe's never spell? told you that? No, not yet. Has Zach been to jail? He likes to compare people to. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't Zach, know. I don't know. I don't know him personally, but Baracus? Baracus. Baracus. Yeah, amazing drummer. And you guys kind of look a little alike. A little bit. The glasses. Baracus. He was. The, they voted for him to go free over Jesus, right? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I see it. Sure, the glasses. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a compliment. You know, what you should, you know what he's, you should he's, do. He's a you should, Kyle, you should disappear before he gets back. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I lost interest. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he, he he's coming back dejected anyway. He didn't find it. Yeah, he didn't find it. No, he's putting it. The... All right, this might be the most well, unpunk. This might be the most unpunk thing that's ever happened. But I think my wife took it to the dry cleaners. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask her. Hopefully she did. Oh my god. Well, I hope the dry cleaner didn't like right. let his let his son wear it or something out, you know. I don't know. Uh she knows that Is well, that safe to dry clean? I throw everything in the wash. The paint? Put stuff in the dry cleaner. I I don't know. I I'll, I'll have to find out. Let me make a note. I gotta find this before we get him on the show. Yeah, no kidding. That would be embarrassing, right? Embarrassing to take my. Yeah, at least it happened. With, at least it happened with Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he when you get him on the show, you don't tell him it went to the dry cleaner. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he will not be down with that. I'm gonna have to. Gonna have to ask him. <laughs> Game takes it out of the dry cleaning, and here it is. Yeah. The dry cleaning process has stripped it off. Right. It's all. It's all <laughs> fucked up. Gabe kills himself on camera. <laughs>
Well, it's a good thing we've talked about this because now we brought this to your attention. It is. Maybe it's in the yeah. garbage. I hope not. Maybe she hates it. Maybe she hates it. And yeah. You've only traveled across the country four times in the last two years. God knows where. It could uh, be, right? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Be at any truck stop along. I'm gonna the make a note to, to ask where this thing is because. Well, when's the last time you saw it? When I was going through my old shirts, I found my Misfits Christmas sweater. I gotta go break out nouns and a couple other sweaters I got for the season. So I don't know. Okay. You're a mess, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really an answer. We wasted but, uh, our time. I, I saw it when I was unpacking. That's the last time I saw it. When I got here four or five okay. months ago. Yeah, but was that a year ago? No, or, when, uh, two days ago. No, three or four months ago. Couple it's three, four months. Around. Yeah, it's, it's got to be somewhere. It better be. Sure. All right. <laughs> I keep. I like. <laughs> he's, he's still looking. looking he's looking place. around. Like you know what? Up there? By the way, you're probably <laughs> ruining Christmas for yourself. Heidi's probably getting it framed for you to hang on the wall. There you go. She, got... she sent it to Walter to have him autograph it. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find out by hook or crook. I'm gonna find out what happened to this jacket. All right. Well, I, when I tune into that episode, I, there better be some answers. I got pictures yeah. of the jacket, but I didn't want to be wearing it, or at least showing it. All right. Yeah. No, nah, it's not going to do, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, boys. Well, hey, thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for doing Kyle. it, dude. Good, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, too. Happy holidays to you all. And to you. Survive. you I hope too. you survive that, uh, that, that bomb cyclone that's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, well, 